Welcome to the AI on Action podcast, the show where we break down the hype and highlight the practical benefits of data science, machine learning, and artificial intelligence on our everyday lives. Subscribe to the podcast, check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, or any Android podcast of choice. Hello and welcome to the show. Our guest on this week's episode is Martin Moran from InsightSales.com. InsightSales.com offer a unique sales acceleration solution built on AI that helps organizations drive revenue growth by delivering an optimized experience for the salesperson and the buyer. Martin is going to tell us a little bit more about this on how InsightSales.com are automating the sales process, the need for organizations to brace some AI and data analytics, and how he helps them do that just to drive revenue growth and build more successful sales teams. He's also going to offer his thoughts on where he thinks the future of data science and AI is heading and a lot more. Hi Martin, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for being a guest today. You're welcome, Martin. So tell me a little bit about the background into how InsideSales.com are automating the sales process and how some of these tools and techniques are actually able to do that. Um, I think first is just to set some context, Mark. So um, InsideSales.com, whilst we've been regarded as one of these um, new startups, you know, often referred to as unicorns, in fact, the company is over 13 years old. And that's important for, for one critical reason, and, and it is that we've spent 13 years doing two things, largely. Number one is understanding the nature of data um, in the context of the acceleration of our sales process, and then building the science, the algorithm, the maths around that to ensure that what we deliver to our customers is, is meaningful and is of value. So what essentially we do is we enable our customers to more quickly, more effectively build bigger, greater, more effective pipeline. And at the core of what we do is what we call Neuralytics. And it's our you know, name for our basically our AI platform. And the AI platform itself is really a component of 13 years of accumulated sales data, which has resulted in us having billions of, of data items that are specifically about sales transactions. And what we've done then is, is continually over those 13 years looked at that data, refined that data to understand, to build a machine learning environment that actually can understand essentially two things. The first is the behavior of the buyer, and the second is the behavior of the seller. And to really um, gel those two together in terms of then setting a series of recommendations for the seller to be more effect, have a more effective interaction with their buyer. I think that's a crucial that you've actually built up all that experience yourself and actually over, over the years as well. It's over, it's over overnight success stories that usually take 10 to 20 years to build up. I always find fascinating when people actually speak about them. How do you help organizations leverage the AI and data analytics to actually drive revenue and growth? Could you go into a little bit more detail about that? Yeah, for sure. As a context, my background is I spent over 10 years at salesforce.com. So really understanding CRM and how CRM impacts sales productivity and so on. And you know, what I came to the conclusion was really that CRM is, is ultimately the should be the system of customer record, but it wasn't necessarily the system of customer growth. And that AI became had the ability to be that growth engine. And I think it happens in a number of phases. I don't believe that you know any company can go from AI zero to AI 100% growth 
in one leap. You have to be working in phases. And that's the way we think about how we help our customers. So you can look at it from a context of very, very simply enabling a seller to identify which leads to, to talk to first based on um, some predictive insights. And those predictive insights may be as simple as understanding the correlation between um, a company's growth pattern, say if this is a, um, a, a startup or a scale-up that's taken a round of funding, and that the fact they've got funds available and therefore more likely to, to invest, to understanding within that company which persons and roles you should focus on who are, because they have a greater propensity to see value in your proposition than others. So we start, if you think about, Mark, you think about a classic sales funnel, we start very much at the top of the sales funnel with enabling companies to focus their, their resources on the right leads, right contacts. And then we take that all the way through the sales funnel, enabling our customers to identify which customers are, are more likely to buy more, to be upsold. And then we, we take the, the predictive capability into the, into the heart of the pipeline. And in that, an understanding the nature of pipeline. So we, we always, when I talk when I talk to um, sales leaders and often to CFOs, I ask them, you know, when you're doing your forecasting, you obviously ask your reps how much they're forecasting each month, each quarter, and so on. But how often do you ask your data? And what we provide is that ability to take a very, very data-driven, predictive-based view of how future pipeline builds. It's particularly interesting. So I, I've, I've run uh, several companies, and... I've had 17 years in sales and it is amazing how much sales is based on emotion, how people are focused on the wrong leads, spending a significant amount of time spending relationships with people who actually haven't got the uh, inclination to sell or it's, the budgets aren't assigned, where mm -hmm. you could actually spend more time on a relevant prospect who actually wants to become a customer and then in the future a client. It's, it sounds almost too good to be true, Martin, so it sounds absolutely brilliant. Oh. Well, Mark, here's, here's, the, here's the fundamental situation. We, if we take sales as an industry, we find ourselves in today. We all sort of anecdotally agree, and there's a lot of data to support the fact that buying behaviours have evolved, and by the way, they continue to evolve. I, I would suggest that often our selling behaviours and tools have not. And that's, that problem has manifested itself in to become an industry problem. So when you look, and this is this is data, I think, um, which was provided by um, from a CEB report. If you look across the industry, the percentage of salespeople meeting or exceeding quota has reduced by over 10% between 2013 and 2017. We also know that combined with that, that the buying process has become more complex. Now, typically in an enterprise type engagement, there are at least six probably seven or more people involved in that buying process. And today, our, our selling resources are spending at least 50% of their time trying to research who they, exactly your point, who they should be talking to, what proposition they should be putting in front of that, that prospect. And so we're, 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 in a, we're in a downward spiral of effectiveness. And my contention is that the ability to have Data that, that is is insightful, that gives a sort of cross-company, that provides context on the buying behavior, that helps you focus your resource where it, it can be most 
effectively deployed is the way that we, we reverse that trend and we reverse that problem. Yeah, it's very, very important to reverse, reverse that trend. And I don't even, we have a separate uh, podcast episode on the impact of all the different notifications from social media and so much data that isn't even relevant that actually takes us on a, a different spiral. And what for any company you're actually looking to embrace and change and get more involved in AI, particularly in the automated process, what advice would you offer to them? Like anything, you, you have to embark on this with some in, some thought insight into where you're where what you're trying to achieve. Um, so it has to be outcome driven. And as you know, Mark, for anything to be outcome driven, you've got to be able to base yourself baseline yourself first. And so what we do with all our customers, we have a baselining process that looks at how they sell what they sell, when they sell, the nature of the engagement. So we can understand at a baseline how um, effective that organization is. So you've got this picture of, if you like, the as-is state. And then we help the company understand the, the to-be or the future state and how they go through that. Now, we, we believe there's a maturity curve, and that maturity curve starts, number one, and again, if you think about everything related to artificial intelligence, machine learning, predictive, it's all data-driven. It's all data. It all has to derive from having the right data. And by the way, having the right quality of data and having the right quantity of data. But that maturity curve starts with visibility. So that's where I would always um, advocate uh, an organization looking to do this is to start from understand what visibility you have today. What visibility do you have um, across the sales process of both your customer and, both, and your seller and understand the relationships that should exist between, if you like, the upper funnel activity, the demand generation activity and the lower funnel conversion and, and understand how that's measured and what your what your performance level is there. That enables you to do a number of things. Number one, the first is to go to a second phase, which is to think about productivity. How can artificial intelligence give you greater productivity and we believe one is by reducing the amount of time your reps have to spend on, on research and non-selling activities so it does include automation of those activities that are of, of, of lesser productive value and it also includes things like using data as a way of motivating and ultimately as you go up that efficiency curve is to then to move into true efficiency which is the, yeah, the fact that you can use the artificial intelligence platform to inform activities of your sales reps, but also to use it to understand the behavior so you can coach, you can develop, you can train better. Yeah, I think it's absolutely crucial that we never underestimate how true efficiency and productivity can impact and motivate your sales staff because nobody wants to go in and do a below par performance. Everybody wants to do well and if they, they want to be efficient. And if you're giving them the facility uh, to do that, that, that's brilliant. And kind of slightly uh, moving moving gears, what trends have you seen emerging in data science and also seeing in kind of ML and AI becoming more of a hot topic? I think when you, when you look at the whole area of artificial intelligence and data science, we're living in a, in a multi-speed society. There are, it's undoubtedly there are certain um, industries that are um, accelerating the use of data science and AI. And I would certainly put probably healthcare in that category. 
you know, we've seen recently the ability, um, the realization that, that um, the use of artificial intelligence can improve, you know, diagnosis, prognosis, and so on of certain uh, illnesses and diseases. We've seen the use of AI and robotics in in healthcare. So I, I think there's there's um, there, there are industries that are running at different, essentially different speeds. But I think overall, what we're seeing is the greater acceptance of of artificial intelligence in in all business areas. I mean, there's no doubt the case that you know when you think about um, some of the, the high level numbers, you know, we we believe and, and I think this came from the Accenture report about you know, the, the it'll be about a 15, 16 trillion economy that will benefit from AI in 2030. That you know the amount of investments taking place in AI is certainly increasing exponentially. You just got to look at the number of startups that evolved with AI. But maybe in the sales industry, interesting enough, you know, we talk about this idea of there's all there's we're fast hitting the point of a 1.2 trillion dollar displacement cost and, and what that means is that there's 1.2 trillion of customer business that will move from organizations that don't use AI to augment their sales to organizations who do simply through better better information better insight and, and with those two things great speed and great speed tenacity and indeed empathy to the customer I personally I personally believe in in this idea of singularity, and uh, yeah, we're moving towards a, a point of singularity, which is where artificial intelligence becomes on a par with human intelligence. Um, and I think at that point, yeah, we'll see increasingly, you know, more and more functions, activities being um, automated with underpinned by artificial intelligence that we do see today. One of the the questions that I like to pose is that when it does become on a par, what's stopping AI or ML uh, surpassing, which, which you think it inevitably will do, and actually continuing to have the same goals and ethics and morals as we have? Because one thing I've seen that when an AI or ML out there wants to achieve a goal, they don't necessarily think about the, uh, the consequences of or the, the side effects when they actually go achieve that goal because they're very, very focused on actually um, their yeah. achievement. And and if that means that uh, two people uh, lose their life because they get, uh, they save your life, it might be in a car, for example, or, or whatever it might be. Um, have, have you thought about that or is, is that something that you debate in your head? Well, I think I think it's always always a thought there, right? Because you know, there, there's there's a sort of view. One view is that you know, once you, you get singularity, then um, because of the, the the exponential growth in in the power of AI, singularity will just be a point in time. Thereafter, the machine, theoretically, the machine will continue to get more intelligent yes. and surpass, surpass the human being. I, I sort of I sort of don't know. I, I guess. I have I have the view that ultimately the human being will have the finger on the button, right? Uh, or maybe that's an on-off button. I don't know. Um, but I also think that you know there there is there is a you know one of the things we as human beings have, have tended to do is is we embark on these these areas these journeys of discovery and and you could argue that everything to genomic 
Do you know which was exactly the same? You know, we have suddenly realised that we could we could influence the genetic string and, and create. But what did we do then? We actually create. We actually decided that we had had to create ethical, moral frameworks and boundaries. Now, will they always be adhered to? Well, the other part of human nature is that we don't, because um, if we did, we'd all be law-abiding citizens, right, all the time. Yeah. So there, is, there are always risks, but it's an extent to which we as, as, as humans decide to put governors and boundaries around that. And we're doing that progressively, you know. I, I guess, you know, the internet itself is, is a good exemplar, in a sense, you know, do, because of the existence of certain extremist views or unsavory sites or, or whatever it is on the internet, does that make us decide that we should close the internet down? Yeah. Well, yeah. no, it doesn't because the benefits far outweigh the downsides. However, it does actually lead us towards trying to be consistent globally about how we manage the things that are not we don't want. No, no I, think, I think that sort of approach is how the same will apply to artificial intelligence. We will have to have governors. Yeah, I'd be very, very mindful about putting putting them in place. Martin, right. Warren, thank you very much for your time today. It was, it was a pleasure. Really, really appreciate your insights. No problem at all. Nice to meet you. That's all for this episode of AI in Action. Hope you really enjoyed it. If you'd like to stay up to date with all the latest podcasts, please head over to the website aiinaction.ie and subscribe to our newsletter to get podcasts delivered straight to your inbox. Finally, I'd like to take the time to let you know about the AI Awards which will take place in the Gibson Hotel on Thursday the 22nd of November. Proudly in conjunction with Microsoft, the AI Awards is a not-for-profit community-led initiative that was set up to celebrate the best of AI and data science in Ireland. Our focus is to support the AI community by recognising the hard work and dedication of those working in the field of AI, data science and machine learning. It's a fantastic opportunity to showcase your work and skills to the AI community and the island of Ireland and also to help raise the profile of Ireland as a destination for AI investment. If you're interested in attending the AI Awards, head over to www.aiawards.ie to buy your ticket today. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you again really soon.